further confirmation that Joe Biden has no business being president. His crazy inflationary policies have led to record inflation. We're on track. We're on track. This is just one month's increase. Overall, 6.8% up over last year. This is as worse as it's possibly ever been. We're going all the way back to the 1980s since we've seen numbers this ludicrous. This is truly an alarming situation. That's <laughs> right. obnoxious. Turn that down. Turn that down. Uh, it is, though, a big, big deal. But if you watch mainstream media coverage of all this, uh, no, none of this is to be worried about. No, 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 no. You don't understand. First of all, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a Roaring twenty style. Roaring twenty style, which led to what? The crash of uh, 1929, right? Isn't that when all... The depression and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, there's money flowing around, but it's buying less than ever before. But they always spin it for Joe. Always. Big economic relief for millions of Americans who have been dealing with soaring energy prices. Cost of the pump finally easing up. With the national average for a gallon of regular falling to $3.35, the lowest since October. Just look at that. The average per gallon is at a seven-week low, 334 per gallon, down about a nickel in just the past uh, past few weeks. I do love these good news economic stories that we've been able to tell the last few days. Among the reasons here, pay raises are coming down the pike. There's a radical drop in energy prices. Radical drop in energy prices. Those pennies are going to go a long way. If you really want to know what's happening with the economy, uh, ask this guy. Yo creo que Biden me convirtió en republicano. Biden está destruyendo la economía, la, infl los, los, la inflación está por los, por los cielos, y es terrible. The people get it. The people understand. The media lied to them. Joe Biden asked them to lie to them. Literally, he did that. But the people, like this guy, they get it. So it's bad news all around. So what do we do? Mainstream media? Celebrate the life of Bob Dole. His death, I'm sorry, sad, great life, great American life, but for the media and for Joe Biden, it could not have come at a better time because amid all of this negative economic news, they went wall to wall on Bob Dole's funeral. Uh, this might have been the fourth or fifth uh, ceremony honoring Bob Dole. He richly deserved it, but I think, quite frankly, it was um, exploited by the mainstream media and by Democrats. Anyway, Bob Dole did deserve a big send-off, and he got one. There were some problems. Joe Biden got up to um, eulogize Bob, Senator Dole, and uh, at one point he wanted to read a poem. A poem is supposed to be nice and gentle, right? Listen to this rage read of a poem. And Ingersoll wrote the following. When the will defies fear, when duty throws the gauntlet down to fate, when honor scorns to compromise with death, that 
His hair was. That is no way to read a poem at a funeral, at a funeral. But overall, this funeral and uh, the mainstream media working in a weird way to Joe's advantage because we have a horrible story like inflation, almost out of control. What do they do? They cover it up. Today, it was the Bob Dole funeral. Could not have come at a better time. Uh, what else? This is their MO, black on black crime. That is, I believe, the story of the decade. Black people killing other black people. They don't like to talk about it, but they do love to talk about white supremacy. How about a serious allegation against Joe Biden, an accusation of Sexual assault by Tara Reid, documented to be a former member of her staff. You don't talk about that. You talk about Christine Blasey Ford and matters like that. All right. Change the subject. Change the subject. Election questions. I have questions about the fairness of the 2020 election. They don't want you going there. They want you thinking about January 6th. It goes on and on like this. Hunter Biden's finances. Joe Biden's finances. Huh? No, no. The real story is they think they try to convince you Trump's taxes. A guy who's been a billionaire since he's 30, they're trying to say that he stole money. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Waukesha parade attack. This was a racist attack, clearly. And uh, what do they say the problem is? Basically anything else. They don't want to talk about the Waukesha parade massacre. Anything else will do. Oh, Jesse Smollett. I want to talk about Jesse Smollett actually one more time, if you don't mind. Um, Remember the support for him? We showed you this last night. I just think it's incredible. After this phony story emerged, it was so embraced. They wanted to believe it. And even if they had doubts, they ignored him. Uh, Danny, this is a horrible story, no matter what kind of uh, attack or crime it was. But what do prosecutors need to prove uh, to categorize this as a hate crime? Support for Smollett exploding online from Hollywood A-listers to political heavyweights. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi tweeting the racist homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett is an affront to our humanity. No one should be attacked for who they are or whom they love. Democratic presidential candidate and Senator Kamala Harris also weighing in, calling Smollett one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know and calling the attack an attempted modern day lynching. The real attack, of course, was on Trump supporters. They were trying to smear Trump supporters that somehow those of us who supported Trump were responsible for this, that Trump brought this on. That is not true. And now we know for sure, clearly, Jesse Smollett is a liar and he's going to go to jail. But in the heat of the moment, wow, this thing took off. Here's uh, then actress Ellen Page, later to become Elliot. We have a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jesse Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. This isn't a debate. I agree. I agree. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, you go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused and they're going to kill themselves and people are going to be beaten on the street. Now, that's actually pretty good acting, pretty good acting. All right. Fake crime, fake performance. Stephen Colbert in agreement. Uh, but let's do what she suggested. Let's connect the dots, huh? Because I haven't heard anybody talk about what we just mentioned, the Waukesha Parade Massacre, okay? This is yet to be labeled a hate crime. Why is that? 
We have a media that won't recognize this as a hate crime. And unlike her, this is genuine. This is real. Six people were killed. It looks like because of their race, all right? According to everything we know about the social media uh, profile of the, uh, the alleged killer here. But uh, no, when it came to Jussie Smollett and that fake uh, event on that Chicago street that nobody believed, um, take a look. This picture obviously says a million things. It says how I feel. It says Donald. And it also says that the only Donald that we claim is Glover and Duck. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. He used to sing about it. He used to sing about it and tweet about it. And he wasn't so cheery when he would tweet about Donald Trump in the lead up to that fake attack. Take a look at uh, what he had to say. Oh, shut the hell up, you... Yep, bad word, bad word, N-word, blah, 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 blah. And let's highlight this. You are just a, you're not the president, just a dumpster full of hate. You got a public figure saying stuff like this. And what does our political class say about him, Kamala Harris? Super duper nice guy, one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know one of the most gentle human beings who says some of the most horrible things that can be said about anyone. And Jesse Smollett right now is being embraced by Black Lives Matter. And I want you to remember this when people like uh, politicians, corporations, the NBA, when they continue to embrace Black Lives Matter, when Amazon.com, leading company in the world, endorses Black Lives Matter, remember what Black Lives Matter is endorsing. Anti-America hatred. They don't believe in anything we stand for. They put out a statement in the aftermath of uh, his guilty verdict. As abolitionists, we approach situations of injustice with love and align ourselves with our community because we got us. I got to admit, I don't know what that part means at all. Uh, But they go on. Mm, A verdict decided in a white supremacist charade. Yes, they said it. It was all a white supremacist charade. Jesse is being true. Everybody else is in on the charade. What's next, please? Ooh, we find ourselves once again being forced to put our lives and our value in the hands of judges and juries operating in a system that is designed to oppress us. Here's the thing about Black Lives Matter that a lot of folks don't understand. It is the entire system that they say is illegitimate. It is anti-American. The system is American. Next, please. Uh, We can never believe police, especially the Chicago Police Department over Jesse Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible, and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. Did you just hear him singing a moment ago? This is the guy they're proud of? Next. Policing at large is an irredeemable institution. Black Lives Matter will continue to work towards the abolition of police in every unjust system. Policing at large is irredeemable. They want to eliminate police. They want to abolish police, not just defund, abolish it. Remember that when you're buying Nike or going to an NBA game and you see those stupid patches on the uniform, Black Lives Matter is anti-American and dangerous, and not enough people know about that. We'll be right back with that crazy new prosecutor in Massachusetts, the newest federal prosecutor, U.S. attorney, who is certifiably insane. Be right back. 
I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view? And it's actually funny. You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's All, All I can, I can say... say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just, just doesn't get it too uh, this is uh this is really good this is classic fake news when the fake news the ones that pretend they're just playing it straight down the middle all about the facts when they hit up president biden for an interview they have to make sure it's a friendly interview that's part of the deal and uh over at cbs wow i mean They've got to be embarrassed by this. Um, They're previewing something that will be on this weekend. Take a look. This weekend on CBS Sunday Morning, Rita Braver speaks with President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden, reflecting on their first year in the White House. It's a rare Camp David interview, and Rita asked the First Lady about the president's political opponents. I think a lot of people would find it hard to believe that you don't get frustrated when you feel that Republicans are really trying to block the president's agenda. Why? A lot of us don't believe Joe Biden and Jill Biden, but we don't believe them when they say what? Listen again. I think a lot of people would find it hard to believe that you don't get frustrated when you feel that Republicans are really trying to block the president's agenda. Those Republicans, if only those Republicans, then wait, the credibility problem is not. I'm sure they're frustrated about a lot of things. What does Jill say? He keeps working at it. He's an eternal optimist and he keeps working. Uh, Rita, like almost 24 hours a day at creating relationships with Republicans as well as Democrats. 24 hours a day, whether he's at the beach in Delaware or uh, asleep, he's uh, working, trying to uh, bridge the, the gap with Republicans. Optimistic Joe. Here's a good old optimistic, hardworking Joe. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. The Republican voters I know find this despicable. Republican voters. Yep, there's Joe just reaching out across the aisle, calling him sick, calling him despicable. That's Joe, bipartisan Joe. All right, what else happened? How do they wrap things up? He doesn't ever come home and say to you, please such and such as I can't believe what they're doing. Well, he might uh, make a disparaging remark once in a while, but I'm telling you, he he believes, as he always has, he's always worked with both sides of the aisle, and that is what he will continue to do. Um, make a disparaging remark when he comes home. He just called him despicable and sick on television in front of the world. Uh, This should be quite a lame interview. All right, let's go to Massachusetts. This new federal prosecutor, Rachel Rollins, who's totally, totally insane. No joke. This woman has a problem. Now, she was just confirmed 
incredibly, by the United States Senate. Why she was nominated, that's a big mystery to me. Uh, but anyway, she had a confrontation with a woman in a parking lot who accused her of acting like a cop and basically writing her a ticket when she had no authority to do so. I 1,000% thought that she was a police officer. She pulled her car on the level three inches from my car and said, uh, do you want me to write you a ticket? Because I'll write you a ticket. Put on the sirens, put on the strobe lights for like probably just a couple of seconds. The only person I know that can write you a ticket is an actual police officer. Yeah, well, you're about to see that her story definitely checks out because uh, Rachel Rollins was a local district attorney at the time. So you have a car that might have a siren in it, but it doesn't make you a cop and you can't write tickets or pull people over. And based on how she behaves, yeah, I could see her pretending that she's a cop or acting with an authority that she does not have. We're not stalking you at all. We're yeah, not, but not. my kids are inside. Oh, we never even knocked the door. We were just parking here trying to figure out where we were going, and someone said we saw you here. So. Yeah, okay. Thanks. We just happened to see you here. Yeah. We did. We no, did. I, I'm going to please make sure that you're in front of my house with my children inside. And you're going to put this on oh, here. This is your house. Yeah, sorry. so as a black woman, in this moment, in this country, you're going to put my house on the screen? No, 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 ma'am. We're just here approaching you to ask you a question. Get away from my family. Speak to me at my job. If I get hurt or harmed because of this, you are on the record for that. Or my kids are, are killed. Listen. Who do you think you are? Um, she brings up everybody's race. Uh, she's talking to the reporter, who is a black woman, by the way. Um, I, I, she seems... I think she is a black woman, and uh, but she's angry at white people too. You'll hear that in a moment. Get this is private property. Okay, get out of here. Get out. And you know what I'll do? I'll call the police on you and make an allegation, okay. and we'll see how that works okay. with you. Wow, what is she going to allege? What is that allegation? And there's a real like they're going to believe my word over yours. That's the vibe I'm getting. Next. Absolutely. Things of a white woman get you here and scare my children. No, no, no. Get no. off of our private property. We're here and I swear to God, I'm dead it. serious. We're I will find your name. You. you can ask me somewhere else. I can give Do you not have a camera in front of my I house. I can give you my name. Get her. I'm get them hiding. out of here. This is the Please. Boston Police. Hiding. I will have you arrested. I swear to God. Um, a lot of offensive things in there. But, you know, first she points out that the producer reporter is a black woman. And then the person who made the complaint is a white woman. Isn't that horrible? I don't think public officials, I don't think anybody should really view the world this way, but that's what she does. And again, the threat of an arrest. Get her, I'm get them hiding. out of here. This is the Please. Boston Police. Hiding. I will have you arrested. I swear to God. Okay. It's a, My children are going to be hurt. Have you arrested? Just like Jesse Smollett tried to have those, uh, those guys arrested. Another fake complaint. Failed actor and hopefully soon to be a failed prosecutor because she should be fired from this job. She doesn't deserve it. Chief federal prosecutor in Massachusetts. No way. We'll be right back. Joe Biden mysteriously lost his breath after taking um, a trip up three steps today. We'll be right back. As for me, 
So today, the um, Bob Dole funeral. What a great American, huh? Great life, 98 years old. And um, it was a solemn affair. It had its moments, great moments. And then uh, Joe Biden spoke. A couple of things. I mean, I think it was obvious. The stature gap between these two, the integrity gap. Uh, Joe tried to eulogize and, well, he said this. Bob Dole fit my dad's description. He said, you must be a man of your word. Without your word, you're not a man. Bob Dole was a man of his word. All right. I don't believe that uh, Joe Biden's father said that. Uh, if he did, it had no impact whatsoever on, on, on Joe Biden. I, should we play the tape of Joe lying every breath for about? Yeah, I think. Sorry, we've done it before, but I think it's I think it's worthwhile, actually. What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. So um, you can praise Bob Dole on his integrity, but don't invoke your father. What did his father say? If a man is not a man of his word, he's not a man. Okay, then uh, what are we to think about you, Joe? Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship ended up near the bottom of his class and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. All right, so he's not a man. I'm sorry. I mean, he just that defines his career. Dishonesty, deception. Um, hey, his health, his poor health was, uh, well, I have questions about it. You do, too. Um, his brain, of course, we wonder about that. And here he is taking three steps up to the pulpit to speak. I hate to nitpick a funeral, but, well, he is the president, and I think they use this as an occasion to hide from the bad inflation report. Joe makes the trip up there, and uh, I think he's gasping for breath. It sounds that way to me. Reverend clergy, distinguished guests, among the many memories from 50 years of friendship, there's one that especially captures what Bob Dole was as a man and, in my view, as a patriot. We were on our way to the 50th anniversary of D-Day in Normandy, but we started in Italy, in Anzio. Yeah, he's clearly out of breath, and I think it was those three steps that did it for him. Um, 
Hey, that's tough. Happens to me sometimes, but I a mm, few more than three steps before I'm really panting. Uh, oh, when he was done with the speech, I think he was really pleased with himself. When he walked off, he thought he nailed the speech. And uh, because the customary thing to do, I believe, would be to have a moment with the widow, Libby Dole, right? Now, watch this. You can see Libby wants a hug. She wants a moment. There she is in the front pew, right, first seat. And there he goes. No, he just, I just, I mean, all right, again, we're nitpicking, but he is the president, and this is what he's supposed to be really good at, this uh, ceremonial stuff, and, oh, sorry about that, Libby. This is Dole, uh, great woman, by the way, great woman. All right, back to Jesse Smollett for a second. Uh, speaking of phoniness, uh, you can always tell, especially with guys, sometimes with women, they're fake crying when they use a handkerchief or a tissue. It's almost always fake. I was talking to a friend and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, sweetie, they're not going to find them. And that just made me so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. The tissue is the giveaway. Remember that. He was using it to dab his eyes. Whenever somebody uses a tissue, nine times out of ten, it's bogus. When Joe Biden got the Medal of Freedom, he knew about it weeks ahead of time. It wasn't a surprise. This was not, these were not real tears. Oh, Officer Dunn, big time, and his his fellow Trump hater, Gunnell, total fake, total fake. Uh, let's see, who's next? We've got AOC, champ with the fake tears, and... Possibly Obama is the real champ. Now, sometimes there are exceptions. Some people use their hands. No tissue here, but Adam was definitely faking it. All right. Coming up, Time Magazine's Athlete of the Year is Simone Biles. Remember? She quit. She quit in the middle of the Olympics. Time made her Athlete of the Year. The world has gone mad. Be right back. Simone Biles, Olympic quitter. Remember at the Tokyo Olympics, she, uh, I don't know, was in a bad mood and just kind of walked off. I think she let her team down, all kinds of problems there. Here's the wild part. Look, it's a free country. You can do what you want. If you want to quit, fine. But for Time Magazine to do what they just did, they made her the athlete of the year. The athlete of the year. Now, uh, now, fortunately, Time Magazine really isn't that relevant or significant anymore. But this is, this is ridiculous. This is insulting. This is un-American, in my opinion. I'd like to bring in a great athlete. Nobody has ever doubted his tenacity, his toughness. The great Kurt Schilling, former Major League Baseball player, of course, three-time World Series champion. Kurt, welcome to Newsmax. Welcome back to hey. Newsmax. How are you? I'm good, my man. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. But I must say, as I said, I thought, look, if she wants to quit, she can quit. But for time to honor her, that's where things really get berserk in my world. What do you think? Well, there's a couple other couple thoughts here. First off, anytime you're talking about uh, uh, issues of mental health, um, there, there's a there's a deeper conversation to be had. But you know, I, I was talking to some people earlier about this. I I don't trust the storytellers anymore, so I don't know what the real story is. 
I, I, I just don't. I don't trust the media anymore to tell me the truth. And every story that they report on uh, is reported on with an agenda to serve. So I don't know the truth around what she did. But, but how can we act surprised when the participation generation does something like this? I mean, this is part of the, I mean, listen, gymnastics is one of those sports that I don't think a lot of parents understand. If you don't have a kid that goes through it, you can't understand the, how hard it is on the elite athletes. But the fact of the matter is, when your entire life, uh, it, you're raised around a, hey, listen, just participate and you'll be a winner. Um, this is the kind of stuff that happens. They're not mentally prepared for the real world. And, you know, I, I don't know the details again. And, and you know, I, I, I hesitate to pass judgment on something like this. But, I mean, come on, is this not par for the course for time and the rest of the liberal media? I mean, I can think of about 250 uh, uh, Paralympic athletes or former military uh, uh, servicemen or women who perform and, and compete and um I can think of a ton of professional athletes that have come back from amazing things and that 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 are far more relevant and probably warrant far more recognition. Because I promise you, nobody in South Africa is talking about Simone Biles and her quitting the American Olympic team. Well, here's one they're also not talking about, but I think she falls into that category of uh, somebody who should be recognized all over again. The champion gold medalist wrestler at the same Olympic Games, the one that she quit. Uh, and she spoke afterwards with that gold medal around her neck, right. and I'll never forget awesome. it. Take a look. Take a look, Kurt. I'm feeling very happy, and I keep trying not to cry, but it keeps happening. And I just want to go into a dark room and just cry. Uh, I'm crying from joy because I knew I could do it. When I first started wrestling, I felt that I could be an Olympic champ, so I kept going. I did it. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, <laughs> I love it, too. I just agree. Right, well, moment. no, but it, it, that's perfect, right? Is that not exactly who we are as conservatives? That's what we idolize. That's what we love. We love that story of the person growing up in this country where every single human being here has the opportunity. Doesn't doesn't guarantee an outcome, but you all everyone has the opportunity, no matter how small. And and she grows up recognizing how much love she has for her nation because it what it, it provided her, as opposed to the liberal media wants to make sure you understand white people bad, America oppressive. And and they'll do whatever they need to do to do it. And unfortunately, like I said, Simone Biles is just a puppet for the for the left. Uh, much like, I mean, you, Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, where is she at today? They spit people out uh, left and right, day after day, as long as they get their story and they just move on. Well, uh, the puppeteers. I don't know who the puppeteers are, or who the puppet is, but here's a little sample of the mainstream media totally embracing the. Uh, Simone Biles, when she quit, uh, I think you're probably on to something for their own reasons and purposes, but take a quick look. This is an Olympic hero, a gold medal winner, saying it's okay to admit that you have these struggles and take a breath take yeah. a, and walk away. Yeah, oh, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. And so many people look up to her. I think, you know, with the causes and with the organizations and with superstars around the world, being vulnerable, showcasing their human side, 
uh, of who they are and also the organizations and the teams actually starting to take them seriously and realize that injury doesn't always just come, come in the form of an ankle sprain or a broken leg. My first thought was just this ache for this jewel. This, this, she's one of the world's preeminent athletes. She's exquisite. So, uh, Kurt, I'm going to say this. I'll put her up, up, back up on the screen, if you don't mind. Simone Biles on the cover of Time magazine. What you have often, uh, look, let's face it, she quit. And there could be right. complex mental health issues, whatever, but she did quit. We have a right. word for that, quit. And right. I noticed uh, every white person was running to embrace this. I think that was what we saw there, some classic virtue signaling. And something yes. tells me a white athlete who quit under similar circumstances would not be so rewarded and so respected. Well, since you have to be constrained, I'll, I'll, I'll openly say it. If a white athlete had done what she just did, she would have been vilified. They would have been vilified. They would have been crushed, crucified. They sure as hell wouldn't have been Times Athlete of the Year. That, that's the country we live in now. But again, this is who they are. And honestly, when I look at and I and you know I love my country. I, I am a patriot through and through. Uh, I don't care as long as you're a legal American citizen and a law-abiding citizen. You're good people. But when the left meets the right, this is why we will kick their ass every single time. They don't have the fortitude and the stay the stay at it and the and the and the ability. We've been fighting for the same thing since 1775. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and 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 the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Their their battlefield changes every 24-hour news cycle. One day it's this, the next day it's that. And nine times out of ten, their arguments depend on destroying somebody by lying about them for them to win. And even if they don't win, they get to destroy people. Hey Kurt, we're almost out of time. Can I ask you something if you don't mind about you were in the sure. minors for a little while, right? Yeah. Do you remember the moment when you signed your first big contract? Because when you're in the minors, <laughs> you don't make that much money. Can you yep. tell me about the moment when you made you, you knew you were getting life changing money? Well, and what was the first thing you did? Did you go buy okay. something crazy or what happened? So, so, so you have to understand at, at 21, uh, life changing money is very different than it is at 31. Right. My when I got to the big leagues I, before my first big contract, I got my first paycheck and I was uh, I was making uh, like twelve hundred dollars a month in the minor leagues pre-tax. And I got called up to the big leagues and uh, late in the second week of September, I got my first paycheck and it was for like six thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm 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 rich. <laughs> I went to the I went and took it and cashed it, got it in all 20s and I was staying in a hotel. I took it to my hotel room and I laid it out on my bed and I laid it on top of it and watched TV. And I was and I ordered room service and I thought this is it. I'm never gonna have to work again. And then a week later I was broke and you know all those things that go with that. <laughs> you made yourself your own little money mattress. I did. I did. All right. And then uh, real quick. And then when you signed for the real money when you were 31, right. what was that moment like when you realized? You know wait a second. It was, um, I, I was married at the time. It was, it, it, it's just one of those things that people just, you can't understand because you don't understand millions. And, you know, I went from making, uh, you know, like I said, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a month in the minor leagues at the most to, to being a millionaire. And, you know, it, it makes you understand how hard it is for, I, I, I would argue that it's even harder for guys like the Cubans that come over here and they're dirt poor and they get a 50 million dollar contract all of a sudden you know they don't they're they're 
their life completely turns over. Mine never took that big thing because I gradually got there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's got to be discombobulating. You're right for those guys overnight, that kind of thing. Well, Kurt, uh, I know you handled it all well, all very, Thank very you. well. To be continued, sir, Kurt Schilling, the baseball great. Thank you for being here. We'll be right Thank back. You. you bet. Look at that, huh? 6.8% up inflation. This is uh, this is crazy. We haven't seen this kind of movement in decades. But mainstream media says, don't worry about it. The economy is great. First of all, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a Roaring Twenties style. This sounds like somebody who just got a phone call from the White House Communications Department. I don't know, but I'd like to bring in Craig Shirley, presidential historian and Reagan biographer, and Peter Navarro, former White House trade advisor, economic genius. Uh, oh, his book, you should get it. It's called In Trump Time, A Journal of America's Plague Years. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, Peter, first to you. These numbers uh, to me show that Joe Biden is failing not only abroad, we knew that, but definitely at home. Uh, look, first of all, uh, Brother Jim Cramer, uh, his numbers are just dead wrong. Uh, unemployment rate for, for Trump, lowest was 3.5 percent. We're at a headline number of 4.2, so that's higher, not the greatest in modern history. But the problem is when you consider discouraged workers and part-time workers, the real unemployment rate is close to 9%. Let me say that one more time. The real unemployment rate is close to 9%. This inflation is two kinds. It's a 70-style stagflation scenario because not only do you have the demand pull Keynesian stimulus type of inflation that you've got with all these crazy bills that are passed on Capitol Hill. You have cost push shocks, some of them policy induced, driving up energy prices, food prices, and other kinds of prices. So this is this is the Jimmy Carter type stagflationary scenario. I'm glad you have a historian uh, here who knows the Reagan years, and I'll toss it to, back to you, Greg, and him, because he'll tell you all about the, the misery index in the 70s. Uh, all right. Well, with that, Craig, but Thank please you. continue. It, well, Peter's absolutely right. Is that the devastating inflation of the late 1970s? You know, it started to accelerate in the early 70s. It peaked really in 78, 79, 1980 until Reagan uh, became president. Uh, it, it was in, it, the new phrase was uh, was stagflation because you had stagnant growth with high inflation. Something economic textbooks said was impossible. You couldn't have you know stagnant growth and high inflation, but nonetheless we had it. And of course we had high interest rates as well. The the economy was a shambles and you know people's earning power was d diminishing by the day gas lines uh, American morale was sinking uh, it was it was a horrible horrible time and nothing is more devastating no, nothing more cruel of, of a tax than it than is inflation because it really is a, a is, is a, a regressive tax that goes after the poor the hardest and senior citizens people on fixed incomes 
uh, people at the higher ends can can manage it. They don't like it. It's not good. Uh, but at the low, you're uh, you're breaking up a little bit, uh, uh, Craig. But we're going to fix that. Hey, you're both brilliant, um, and so is this guy. Uh, he was just interviewed on the street, and uh, I think he understands exactly what's going on as well. Yo creo que Biden me convirtió en republicano. Biden está destruyendo la economía, la, infl los, los, la inflación está por los, por los cielos, y es terrible. <laughs> claro que sí, señor. Yeah, uh, look. The problem we've got, Greg, too, is that uh, there's no honest brokers now in government. Uh, both Janet Yellen and Jay Powell at the Federal Reserve are telling us that inflation is going to be transitory. Each is lying for a different reason. Yellen is lying because she's part of that administration, the Treasury Department. Powell's lying because he wants to be reconfirmed as the, as the Fed chairman. And meanwhile, Biden economics says that if you spend trillions and trillions of dollars more, it'll pay for itself and won't cause inflation. And that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So um, we are we are setting ourselves up for a Reagan style stagflationary scenario. Don't forget, Greg, when when energy prices go up because of Biden policies, food prices must go up as well because a lot of the fertilizers, for example, are petroleum derivatives. So well, we, we I, this is the worst labor market yeah. distortion uh, and labor shortage I've ever seen. And this the only reason why the stock market's going up is because money's going in there and, and interest rates are zero. So where else is going to go? It's, it's the biggest bubble rating to collapse since 2007. Peter Navarro, I got 30 seconds. Your book, uh, in Trump time, a journal of America's plague years. Do me a favor. What is sure. Trump time? T t I love the title. <laughs> what? What? It, if you could sum up it's what a, Trump time yep. is. It's a double entendre. It means to get things done as quickly as possible. That's what I did in the White House with President Trump. But it also means the age of Trump. We're living in the age of Trumpism, just like in the 80s it was Reaganism. So thanks uh, for mentioning in Trump time. Uh, the New York Times won't put it on its bestseller list, despite the fact it should be. But right here on Newsmax, uh, I appreciate the plug. Absolutely. It's, uh, I look forward to it very much. All right, Peter, unfortunately, we lost Craig Shirley. He's got some great books on Reagan, by the way. To be continued, uh, Mr. Navarro, uh, Dr. Navarro, actually. You are a, technically a doctor. Can I say that? I You're am, yes. PhD. Yes. Dr. Navarro. If I were, uh, yes. Dr. Jill Biden does it. You should do it. You've got a real PhD. <laughs> All right. I'll be right back. All right. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. So the guy who does this show after me, Grant Stinchfield, apparently the guy has a few uh, hobbies I didn't know about. Here he is dancing in his house. Uh, look at this. It's like he's in some sort of boy band. He's a Backstreet Boy or something like this. Who knew? You know, he's a truck driver as well. What do the what do those truckers think about this? And what is the point? Is this an audition? Well, they do say America's got talent. Well done, Grant. Uh, enjoy his show. Could be interesting. Who knows what's going to happen? Thank you. See you next week.